Hello everyone, my name is Rick, Rick van Bruggen from Neo Technology and uh, here I am recording a podcast with someone from a very different part of the world, uh, all the way from India in uh, Mumbai, Luan Miskita. Hi Luan. Hi Rick, how are you? I'm very well, thanks for joining us. Uh, it's great to have uh, someone from the eastern part of the world uh, joining us on the podcast. <laughs> I'm glad to be here. Yeah, super. Luan, I, I think um, we've known, known each other for a couple of years. Uh, I first got to know you when you were writing about flavor networks, which I uh, I did a, a couple of blog, blog posts about as well. And actually, they were one of my most popular popular blog posts. How did you get into graphs, uh, Luan? Uh, could you explain that to us? Um, right. So, so I've been working with graphs for about, well, six years. And I think that's close to the time um, there was this Neo4j challenge running uh, to write an application on Heroku using Neo4j and Flavorwalkie was the application that I submitted that eventually uh, won the challenge. Uh, well, sometime before that I got into graphs because I was working for a company that had trouble uh, managing the profile of a person. This was a people management companies, so you know, dealt with all kinds of aspects, uh, hiring, talent management, compensation, learning, and you know, all kinds of things. And central to this entire system was the concept of the profile of a person. And this, well, well up until the time that I found Neo4j, it was modeled in relational database. Uh, and at some point, it was the table that stored data for the person profile was huge. It had it had over 200 columns and most of them were null and it was normalized and denormalized very frequently. And it just wasn't, it just didn't make sense anymore. So I was looking for something to, uh, to solve this problem. And that's when I came across this thing called a graph database. And of course that was Neo4j. At that time, there wasn't any cipher, there wasn't, the Neo4j server either. It was just good old embedded. Good um, old embedded, and, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, immediately, you know, I knew that was that was it. That was a thing to, you know, to model this because um, it was schema-free. There were direct connections between a person and everything he's done. So one of the problems we have is that when you're collecting information about a person's profile, there's, there are no two profiles that are the same in terms of the kinds of attributes they capture on a person. Of course, there are the usual standard ones, uh, you know, your name and where you live. But there are things like gaps in employment history. There are gaps in your learning. There are different types of learning you do. Your talent manage, you, your talent section looks quite different, you know, depending on where you are and what you're doing and which company you're in. So these kinds of things are very hard to fit into rows and columns and that's where that's where I thought Neo4j fit in and you know once I started with it I, I have never looked back it's, it's really been the solution for most things yeah I mean it's it's quite a common thing right it's the you know you've got a really complex domain that really uh, is so difficult to to model store query in in traditional relational systems and then you take it to the to the graph world and, and you know, right. a whole range of problems go that's away right. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a very very cool. And how did you do the? F and it's, it's not just it wasn't just modeling the person. Yeah, I'm sorry. No, go for it. Go for it. Yeah, it wasn't just modeling the person, but um, just just the fact that we could model it this way exposed 
a whole lot of you know insights that we did not think about earlier and for for that kind of for the company that I was in that was really important so uh you weren't just interested in a model of a person and then spitting it back out to you know whoever is looking at your profile but you wanted insights into um you know potential jobs that this person you know might be good for or you know if he's got a high flight risk then who's going to replace him what skills does he match uh is he in the wrong job at this time and you know is he really sitting in your company working in a job that he hates and he's blogging about other things and and the last one i mentioned it was a real use case we when i when i did a quick uh, poc uh in about 2 hours one night and i just picked up random data from one of our internal uh company social networks and the first thing it surfaced was this guy who was um sitting and doing java development there quite miserable but he was blogging about and doing sample applications on ios and at the very same time the very same company was looking for people to work in their new ios team and here he was sitting under their noses and, and no one knew about him so yeah. so these were the kinds of things that you could surface immediately which staring at a table you know you would never find impossible yeah. almost impossible totally right very cool right so 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 um i'm i'm hearing you know the modeling advantages but you know what did the fla- the flaring uh, the flavor exa- example have to do with that uh, that's a, that was an interesting one as well how did you get into that one yeah are you a chef oh <laughs> uh, well, i love food um uh no no i am no one here a chef but i i love food i love cooking and um you know i was thinking of you know what what am i going to submit to this contest and uh Well, well, most of the enterprisey things were done, and you know, they was quite bored with enterprises at that time. Uh, well, then I thought about food. Okay, you know, I, I like food, and and something that I've been reading about uh, recently, actually, a book review uh, called the Flavor Bible, which lists uh, ingredients and you know what they pair with, and there are some of them with which uh, you know form the classic uh, triangle. Uh, so two ingredients pair with a third, and you know you can. Vit- very safely combine them and you know produce uh something that tastes really good so i thought you know that is a good yeah, yeah. a graph problem and um, it was it was really simple but uh it was a domain that i liked and uh, i thought was fun to work with and you know that that's how flavor walkie came about and then um luan you know recently or I mean, more recently at least you 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 actually started working full time with neo projects at graphaware right i mean you're you're part of the graphaware that is right team. that is right i work for graphaware now Yeah. Yep. Uh, how, how is yep. that going for you? <laughs> oh, very, very great. Um, there can't be anything better than working with uh, Neo4j all day. Um, at the moment, I'm part of the Spring Data Neo4j team, yeah. and we've, uh, as you know, we've just released uh, Spring Data Neo4j four um, in September. So, um, so yeah, it's it's going really good. We've produced some great stuff and. Yep. Very cool. No, I've, I'm I'm a big fan. Uh, last night uh, I met up with uh, Michal in London, and uh, we were doing some Czech beer tasting. Okay. <laughs> it was a uh, it was an interesting <laughs> evening. Yeah. Uh, very cool. So uh, let's talk about. Is it better than Belgian beer now? <laughs> oh no! Don't don't get get started <laughs> on that one. <laughs> that it's going to be a very long podcast then. Um, no. So um, <laughs> let's let's talk about the future, Luan. You know, uh, what does the future hold? I mean, uh, you've been involved in some really exciting projects, like for example, Spring Data, um, Neo4j. Yeah. Uh, you know, where where do you see this going? You know, can can, can you share some of your okay. perspectives? Well, 
Well, well, I'll, sh um, I'll share with you what I what I've been noticing over the past, you know, couple of years. And uh, as you know, I, I do the trainings for Neofij uh, in India as well. So I've been looking at various kinds of audiences coming in through uh, for for at least two years now, and there has been a definite shift in attitude towards graph databases from the early days where it was a real struggle to you know, get people to understand why it's important. Uh, although they got it, it was still something that, you know, they would they would really have to fight very hard to use in their organization. Uh, that has changed significantly over the last, well, even the last six months, really, uh, where you, you have people who already know about graph databases, they can immediately see um, where it's going to fit into solving their problems. Um, and I think with the kind of, the reputation that Neo4j has, it's now becoming easier to, you know, to get Neo4j uh, used in, you know, in these kinds of companies. And I'm not talking about startups which, you know, pick up Neo4j very quickly. These are the larger, the mid-sized company or enterprises. Um, I think what I would like to see at some point and fairly soon is the fact is is when graph databases become something that, you know, you just use. Uh, if you're if you're planning a new project, it's you know very common to say, "Hey, we need a database," and no one will challenge you, right? You go and you pick up a database and you'll use it. And typically, in RDBMS, um, if you were to say, "Hey, we need a graph database," then it should be exactly that. You know, pick it up and use it. There shouldn't be you shouldn't have to be, you know, uh, debating for months over whether it's better than SQL or not and whether it fits or not. So, I'm really looking at that day as you know, a defining moment for graph databases where, you know, they're just used and people know when to use them and why to use them and there aren't any questions about, you know, should I or should I not, unless, you know, it's a really stupid use case. But, um, you know, that's what I think uh, would be, you know, the ultimate future for Neo4j and, and graph databases. And I'm looking forward to that day as well. And I, uh, you know, I think lots of us uh, work work towards that goal, and uh, it will be a great thing. And what about the um, the uh, spring data stuff? Is that um, you know ready for prime time right now? Are you are you guys planning new stuff there? Yes, it is. Um, yeah, it is. The the spring data four that we released in in September is is of course uh, ready. Uh, we're always planning new things. We have uh, support for, well, as you know, Spring Data 4 supports currently um, the remote Neo4j server mode only. And it was written from ground up to actually support that. So it's really fast. Uh, we've uh, broken it up into, um, it's not only Spring Data Neo4j 4. It actually depends on a new library called uh, the Neo4j Object Graph Mapper. So if you want really fast uh, OGM then you, and not Spring, uh, you can use the OGM directly. Uh, if you're a Spring person, then of course Spring Data Neo4j really uses the OGM under the cover. So there are a lot of uh, features planned for both of those two uh, very shortly. One of them is support for embedded Neo4j and, um, you know, a whole lot of uh, the new Bolt protocol, uh, which is, you know, very coming exciting. up in Neo4j. Yeah. So support for those, and as well as you know, there is there is so much to do, but um, we are, we are continuing to work on that, and you should see some releases out uh, pretty soon, I hope. Super, and I'm hoping that I'll see you at Graph Connect in San Francisco. I think you will. Yeah. Yeah. Well, looking forward. Looking forward. <laughs> <laughs> Super great. 
All right. Well, thank you for coming on the podcast, Luan. It's been a great chat and uh, really appreciate it. And um, Thank you, Rick. Yeah. It was great talking to you again. Yeah, same here. And uh, I look forward to seeing you uh, on the West Coast. Yeah, soon. Cheers. Bye. Bye-bye.